where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skill team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster, an all-around fantastic individual, also friends with the late great Bob Gibbs and Mike Claiborne joining us now here on 101 ESPN. Claves, how are you doing today? We appreciate the time, man. Well, it's always good to be on with you guys. Uh, you know, a little bit of a tough time these days if you're a Cardinal fan or a St. Louisan, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to happen to all of us, I guess. Claves, I know you were very close with Bob Gibson. Uh, we talked with you after the unfortunate passing of Lou Brock as well. And we asked you kind of just off the top, what what's going to be your lasting memory of Lou Brock? I want to do the same with Bob Gibson. What are you when you think of the name Bob Gibson? What immediately comes to mind for you? Um, toughness. Uh, but with that said, there was another side to him um, from a loyalty standpoint and a friendship standpoint, and just doing things for others that you know he never wanted credit for. Uh, but I think toughness and the fact that he was a great teammate from everybody who I know ever played with him would say. Klaibs, we've talked about Lou Brock not too long ago, and of course there's been talk about Stan Musial in the past. Now Bob Gibson. And I always go back to what makes a team, what makes an organization, not year to year, but as a whole. And just in your opinion, Bob Gibson, the fact that he was a St. Louis Cardinal and did what he did as a Cardinal, how important was his existence as a St. Louis Cardinal and then as an alumni to what the Cardinals have currently as a culture? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think his generation, his era, um, those 60s teams were really good, and they kind of set the gold standard about how you conduct yourself on and off the field. And, you know, Jamie, you, you, you've been playing professional hockey. You know what tradition is all about when you get with a good organization and this is how we do it. This is how we win. Um, and I think in his case, he led by example, you know, he was a badass and he knew it. And if you didn't think, if you didn't think so, he'd prove it to you. Uh, and you have to have one of those guys that steps up and says, I'll take it on or don't worry about it. I got it. And in this day and age, guys who love patting themselves on the back, you know, Bob wasn't that guy, but he was a guy who had no problem telling you he was badder than you. So, Klaibs, um I-, I wanted to ask you this. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, and I brought it up with uh, Rivs and BK in the uh, previous segment. But um, my dad used to chauffeur the Cardinals Hall of Famers when they were in town, and my dad was telling me the story that 
when you talk about Bob Gibson, he was a human just as much as he was a Hall of Fame athlete. And he talked about how his favorite thing was watching soap operas and how he just wanted to be left alone in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we stay in touch, and I and I, I would want to call him. And I said, hell, I can't call him doing Young and the Restless because either A, he won't answer, and B, he will answer and say, do you know what I'm doing right now? I mean, you know, here's this guy, this gruff, tough, most competitive athlete I've ever been around. And this is a guy who has his quiet time watching soap operas. I was telling the story earlier. We were out to dinner with somebody. This was a few years ago. And they were talking about soap operas. And they got into Young and the Restless. And they were talking about an episode, and they didn't really get it right. And Bob said, well, no, that's not how it really happened, because had you watched <laughs> episode two episodes before that, now you would have understood why that happened. <laughs> and I'm just, I just kind of look at him, and I'm like, I didn't know anything to say, but just pass the salt and pepper, please, because I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, I was taken by it. And, and, you know, he was a guy who, you know, he was a guy who never – said anything unless he knew he was right you know how some people and we've all been in that environment where guys like chirping just because they can maybe not sure if he was sure he would say something if he wasn't sure he would listen and then he would break it down um and, and basically have you confused when it was all said and done but the other thing about him he's one of the funniest people i've known period he has such a witty sense of humor and if he could needle you, man, he would stick it to you. I, I have to think that riding on a bus with him on a day he wasn't pitching had to be a riot because he was he was so quick. Uh, he always had a one line. He wasn't a joke teller, but he could just observe something. And the next thing you know, you know, it was on. And the relationship he and Ozzy have uh, was, was, was hilarious. We would be out. And one of my favorite Bob lines, he said, you know, he told Ozzy, he said, you little so-and-so. He said, you know, if I'd have played shortstop, they'd have never heard of you. (laughs) I mean, mean, he was so good. And he and Ozzy would go back and forth, and you would just shake your head. But the mutual respect they had for each other, it it was incredible. Um, But, yeah, he was a funny, funny guy, man. We're talking Bob Gibson here with Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster. You can find him on Twitter, Claibs Online. All right, Claibs, my two partners in here, I think they're trying to pull a fast one on me. So we're gonna you're my phone a friend on this one. <laughs> Got you. I'm uh, your lifeline. Yeah, you're my lifeline here right now, which I'm a little nervous. But no, I love you, man. You know that. So they're trying to tell me that Bob Gibson was a Harlem Globetrotter. Now, I mean, I've swallowed correct. the hook a few times, but not that. No. Really? No. He, you know, he When he was at Creighton, he played basketball and baseball. And, and ironically, his baseball coach ended up being Bill Fitch, who coached in the NBA forever. I, I think Bill Fitch had like almost 2,000 games he coached. Uh, but anyway, that was his baseball coach. So his senior year, when he was, when he finished, he signed with the Cardinals, and in the offseason, he played with the Globetrotters. His roommate was Metal Arc Lemon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, Claves no, was that's he? The truth. Was he? Was he as good at basketball as he is at baseball? He was good at everything. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen an athlete that whatever he picked up, he he could do it. Um, you know, I think he averaged 20, 22 a game at Creighton. And, uh, 
you know, I, I so he and I would talk hockey because he knew I was a big hockey fan. And the more we would talk, the more you could see he was trying to feel figure a way how he could get involved in it. You know, because he loved tough sports. He loved the, the contact and the grace that came with it. And we would talk hockey. And I started thinking one night, boy, if this guy had ever been around skates, who knows what he could have done? Because he could have done anything. He, I mean, he was an accomplished basketball player. We know about his baseball skills. I firmly believe he could have played football. And if had he had skating lessons, he might have been a hockey player. And I started thinking, and Jamie, you can you can probably help me with this. As tough and as competitive as he was, but he had all the skill to go with it. You know, we know a lot of tough guys that aren't very good. That's true. So, so what guy? I kind of thought he'd be kind of like a Brendan Shanahan. You know, a, a tough, hard-nosed guy, good teammate. Uh, fought guys, you know, because somebody else couldn't fight him. And he also had the ability to score with 600 goals. I like that comparison a lot. I My my brain went to Brian Sutter right away. I mean, that's where I went as yeah. far as that leader, that tough that's guy, that call. grit, you yeah. know. But I like Brandon Shanahan a lot. And it's funny that you brought this up because I was telling the guys here earlier that the only time I had a chance to cross paths with Bob Gibson – was when the late Jimmy Roberts was near the end. My God. And I didn't even know this. I went to visit Jimmy Roberts to say hi and tell him I love him and all this stuff, and Bob Gibson was there. And so I found out that day that Bob Gibson was actually really good friends with Jimmy Roberts, and I said yeah. to these two in yeah, here, I said, kind of makes sense. They're both kind of <laughs> like an old leather handbag, you know, just rough. <laughs> You know what? You you are absolutely you know more like uh, steel wool. Yeah. I think is the way I look at it. I mean, they were just two crusty guys, and that's right. They they did know each other because they were around at the same time. Jimmy had just gotten to St. Louis in uh, '67, and that's when the Cardinals won the World Series. And you know, hockey players at that time they were kind of top dogs around town because they were new, and obviously the Cardinals were winning World Series and participating in World Series. And uh, I, I remember a couple of times Bob would ask me about him, and, I, and I'd say, yeah, I see him around, you know. And he just grinned. And, and that he was one of those guys where he knew guys in other sports. So how about this one night in, in L.A.? Mike Shannon tells a story that he meets – Gibson says, hey, meet me at this bar. I got a couple of people I'm hanging out with. He goes in the bar, and it's Jim Brown, Will Chamberlain, and Bob Gibson. It's not a bad crowd. At the end of the bar. And so Mike said, I had to leave because I got tired of looking up at Chamberlain. He said, I had a crook in my neck, man, for been looking <laughs> up at him, you know. But everybody knew Bob. And when the Cardinals would go to the West Coast, everybody would seek out Bob Gibson because he was a bad guy. I mean, you know, he was a tough player, but everybody admired him. But, you know, one of the things about him, he, he might have been too honest for his own good because he let you know exactly how he felt. He didn't sugarcoat it. Uh, but he he knew if you could take it, he'd let you know. And if he couldn't, then he would just keep moving and not not be a not let you be a distraction. We're talking to Mike Claiborne, the Cardinals broadcaster here on 101 ESPN. Claibs, I I was telling Jamie earlier when I when I heard this news, the first thing that immediately came to mind for me was 
God, I wish Jamie Rivers could have watched this guy pitch because I think Jamie would have absolutely loved watching him. I mean, I heard Ted Simmons on our station earlier today, and Ted was talking about what it was like to catch for Bob Gibson. And he told a story about how, you know, Bob came up to him one time because Ted was a very young catcher at the time. He said, listen, you're not going fast enough. You're not going quick enough. I need yeah. to work quicker here. He said, there's only two pitches. It's either going to be a slider or it's going to be a fastball. If I shake off the slider, it means I'm throwing fastball, <laughs> and you better be ready for it. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> you know, you're you're right. And, you know, Bob would come in and say, we're going to get this done about a minute 53, minute 58 today. I mean, he. I mean, an hour 50 minutes. You know, he always had games that were in the, the 155, 210 mark. I would have loved that. You look, at games, you look at games now, man, and, you know, we've played two hours and we haven't played four innings yet. I mean, he was, you know, he worked quick. Uh, when he had a runner on base, if you ever watched some of the film of him with a runner on base when he pitched for the straight, he was balking. He would, his arms would go up, and you know you're supposed to pause when you get to the belt. It was just one motion, and he would just throw it. And um, he, he worked really, really quick. And, and you know, he was a, a treasure to play behind because, you know, you were always on your toes. You were involved in the game. And, uh, yeah, that's how he was. And, you know, I, I know one of the things when I, we would talk about the game today, he said, man, what is taking it so long? Get it and throw it. And I was like, well, you go down there and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> And he just looked at me, and, you know, he, he he's like, you know, that's not a bad idea. I should go down there and tell him. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the the great thing about Bob, he was willing to give knowledge. I, I'm sure you guys have heard about his relationship with Jack Flaherty. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so funny. He and I were having lunch one day, and it was doing Cardinal Hall of Fame weekend. And so he said, hey, tell me about this Flaherty, because he watched and listened to all the games from Omaha. And I said, well, he's this, he's that. And he just leaned over. He said, that so-and-so can flat-out pitch. He said, I want to meet that guy. Now, I've known Bob for 30-something years. He never said anything to me about wanting to meet someone. So I put them together, and their relationship was a special one, man. And Jack and I, we we toasted to Bob on Saturday night, and it was a really good moment. And some of the things he shared with me that Bob had shared with him, and you know, he said, man, I, you know, I don't know how lucky I was to have a guy like that that I can actually call about anything. And, you know, he'd have an answer for me. So it was, it was a great time. Final question that I've got for you, and it's a little bit of a follow-up on that, Klaibs. What was it like for the Cardinals pitchers to be able to utilize Bob Gibson as a resource? I mean, that you don't get much better than that. How how much was he able to instill in some of the Cardinals pitchers as they were coming up? How big of a part was he of this organization? Great question. Great question. And I'll tell you where it started with Steve Carlton. You know, Carlton, when he was with the Cardinals, was just a guy, okay? I mean, he had talent, don't get me wrong. But Bob showed them how to throw that slider. They were going to an exhibition. They were playing in Japan in the offseason, and they were on a flight, and Bob shows Carlton how to throw the slider the way he did, and the rest is history. For players, if you were a pitcher, he would not come up to you and say, hey, kid, you need to do this, this, and that. But if you went up to him and introduced yourself and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about pitching, this and that, and Bob would ask you questions. If you weren't sure about something, he would ask you a question, and you would answer it, and you solve your own problem. That's the kind of guy he was. And uh, he, he gave a lot back. 
but he would never tap you on the shoulder. You had to go to him because he never wanted to, to infringe on somebody else who was doing their job as well. But a uh, wonderful person. We, we're certainly going to miss him. And uh, I, I got so many stories and things that I'll laugh about for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm just honored to be able to know him. I work with him. We, we had a two-drink minimum. You know, we used to do a show after every Cardinal game, and we used to go across the street to AJ's. And we would stay there for two drinks, two-drink minimum. And, you know, most people think we'd be done. Then we go find another bar and have two more drinks there. <laughs> so, and he always drank good wine. Uh, do we have time for one quick Please. story? Absolutely. Absolutely, right. Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker. So, Dusty and I, we've been friends for a long time. So, one year when he was coaching, I guess it was the Cubs, and he said, hey, uh, let's go to lunch. And so, I said, all right, we'll go down to, we'll go down to Mike Shannon's. I think Shannon's there anyway. And so I said, and I think Gibson's in town. So he says, man, let me tell you about Gibson. He said, I was a rookie, and we played them on a Saturday, and I just got married, and uh, Bob beat us with a home run. He had a home run in the eighth inning. And he, we went to dinner that night with Hank Aaron and Ralph Gar, and Gibson was in the restaurant by himself. And I said, hey, there's Bob Gibson. And so Gar and Aaron knew what kind of guy Bob was off the field. You didn't interact with him. So Aaron says, hey, why don't you go over there and tell me, introduce yourself to him, big leaguer. You're fine. And so Gar says, yeah, take your wife over there too because they wanted to see what Bob was going to do, right? <laughs> so, so Dusty goes over and he introduces himself. Hey, Bob, I'm Dusty Baker. I'm with the Braves. And, man, that was a great game you pitched today. And, you know, this is my new wife, you know. And Gibson looks over his glasses, takes a deep breath and gets up and says, hi, how are you? He was really nice to Dusty's wife, right? He said, hey, Dusty, can I talk to you for a second? He, Excuse me, man. They go off in the corner. He said, look, you so-and-so, don't you ever come up and talk to me in public if you don't wear the same uniform I do. Do you understand that? I mean, he aired him out. So Dusty said, man, I wasn't sure whether to punch him or cry. So now <laughs> we're walking in this restaurant, right, and there's Bob sitting there. Now, this happened like 30 years ago, okay? So I'm going to stir the pot. So I said, hey, Bob. Why'd you do what you did to Dusty, man, when he met you the first time? And he looked at Dusty and said, wasn't I nice to your wife? Just like that. He remembered <laughs> it like it was yesterday. <laughs> and, so, and so he says, Dusty said, well, yeah, you were. He said, well, all right, then. That's about as good as it was ever going to get to you. So why don't you just call it a day? I love it. That's, how the guy, that's the kind of guy he was, man. Oh, I love I, it. I, as a little bit of a follow-up to that, I was reading last night that – he didn't. Bob Gibson didn't exactly love the idea of playing in an all-star game for the same reason, right? Because he was with guys from other teams and exactly. he had no time for those players on other teams while he was in season, while he was playing. Did he ever tell you about his experiences in those all-star oh, games? Yeah. yeah, he didn't talk to anybody. They all thought he was a jerk because, you know, everybody was kind of off. And Bob's logic was, look, I'm going to be facing one of these guys next week. Okay, I don't want him to know me. So you know, he and Joe Torrey. I don't, I'm sure you heard the Joe Torrey story about that. I haven't so heard Torrey, any claims. Please share. Okay. I'm loving this. So, so Torrey catches Gibson in the latter part of the game, right? So he goes out to the mound and tells him, "Hey, you know, if we throw him this pitch, I think we can get him." And Bob said, "Well, I think we ought to throw this pitch." So they get into a little debate. Anyway, the guy gets a base hit on what Tory suggested. <laughs> so now when well, the game is over with, they're in the shower, and he goes up and tries a small talk with Bob. Bob doesn't have anything to say to him, nothing. 
So the offseason rolls around, and they trade for Joe Torrey, the Cardinals do. So now Torrey, in spring training, goes up to uh, Gibson and says, hey, Bob, Joe Torrey. And he said, I understand you were really helpful in getting me traded over here. I just want to thank you. He said, well, yeah, they asked me about you. I told them you were a good player, but I didn't tell them to trade Cepeda for you. (laughs) (laughs) And walked away. He just walked away. You know, I mean, Orlando Cepeda was an MVP. He said, I, I can tell him to trade him for you. Oh, <laughs> my God. Help us, but not for that. Claves, I don't think I've ever thought someone should be a hockey player more than Bob Gibson. <laughs> oh, my. Just hey, wouldn't incredible. Wouldn't he be right sitting in the back of the bus? Oh, yeah, throwing a few back, telling stories, and then certainly the mentality of don't talk to the other team because that's how it yeah. used to be. Like, you'd have to sneak off to the bowels of the arena to say hi to your brother if he was exactly. on the other team. So, yeah, that's great stuff, That's Klaibs. the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Claves, thanks so much for hopping on with us today. We absolutely enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, we certainly are sorry for your loss. I know you were very close with Bob Gibson. Um, our thoughts and prayers go out to you and certainly to his family as well. Thanks so much for making some time for us this morning. We really hey, do appreciate man, it's it. Always great to visit. We, hey, call me when somebody doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about you we talk what? about the Cardinals offseason here pretty soon? <laughs> I may be getting a call from you guys wanting to talk about me being dead. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to work, man. So call me when somebody's alive and well. How about call me when somebody has a newborn? <laughs> we'll do it. We're on it. We're on it. That's All right, awesome. man. That's hey, my... you guys have a great day, man. Good talking to you. You do the same. That's Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster, <laughs> joining us here on 101 ESPN.